When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Have you ever felt depressed about work only to have your dad be like, why are you so down? So you told him you hate your job and he said, well, you better talk yourself out of it. And then you thought, hmm, I love to talk. I could host a podcast. And then you went to Spreaker from iHeart and started a podcast and got good at it, then monetized it, then quit your boring job, then told your dad, thanks for the advice. And he was like, well, that's not what I meant. And I don't understand what a podcast is, but you seem happy. So that's great, kiddo. You ever do that? Well, you could at Spreaker.com. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Ask your dad. You actually don't. Shout out to all the bald-headed people and bald-headed people only. If you're not bald-headed, this episode is not for you, okay? <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Keep listening. I, I, I need the downloads, okay? Listen, that ending of this episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier should have had you on your feet, should have had you moving in your spirit. You should have been chanting. You should have been ready to fight with some spears. And oh, it, it, it's a lot. Listen, we got a lot of stuff to cover. It's your weekly bonus episode of me and you, the Housewives and Marvel Two. Let's get into it. Hey guys. This is the self-proclaimed season ticket holder of pop culture and your mama's favorite black geek. I'm Kendrick, host of the Me and You, the Housewives and Marvel 2 podcast, a podcast that, through my own random and winding rants, discusses everything related to pop culture, everything from reality TV to the MCU to the DCEU to all of the hot topics being discussed on CNN, NBC, BET, ABC, and 123. Grab your wine glass, sit back, and get ready to cuss and fuss right along with me. Woo! I don't know how Marvel has been doing it with these Disney Plus shows, but every single episode, whether it's WandaVision or Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Every episode has been getting better than the last one. I don't know what's going on. Now, you know, we, you know, I don't know if anything will ever top WandaVision for me. But, I mean, as each one of these respective shows goes along, every episode, like, I don't they kick it up like 17 notches. Man, this is a good episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We learned so much. We met so many people we were rejoined by so many characters there were so many callbacks there was there was everything that i needed this was a long episode the longest one that we've gotten so far of any disney plus show so let me go ahead and get into it before i'm talking to y'all uh for 17 hours about this one episode 
the episode opens up with a commercial. Weird, right? Like, is this WandaVision? Are we experiencing Wanda's trauma all over again? Are y'all trying to sell me that damn Stark Industry toaster? I don't know. What is happening? The commercial is for a group or an organization called the Global Repatriation Council. And from what it seems like initially, it's I, I thought it was like a, you know, like an ex-military kind of, uh, I don't know, propaganda almost to try to like help people get reintegrated into society after they've left the military. But it turns out it isn't. But very similar. It's actually for people who were blipped back into existence. So a little lesson for people that are new to the MCU. You know, I know all everyone hasn't been on the journey as long as some other people. I know y'all, some of the terminology might be confusing. So let me just give y'all a little lesson. Thanos, when you know everyone was dusted away, that's what we call the snap. The Hulk blipped. So Thanos snapped, the Hulk blipped. Remember in uh, Endgame, the Hulk put on the gauntlet with the Infinity Stones and he snapped his fingers and he blipped everybody back into existence. So Thanos took people out of here by snapping. Hulk brought their raggedy asses back and made the planet overcrowded again with the blip. You see whose side I'm on, but that's that's a conversation for another day. This actually, if you remember from last episode, was first referenced... In the second episode, when Lamar Hoskins and John uh, Walker pick up Sam and Bucky while they're walking, they actually talk about this organization. John Walker says the GRC, the Global Repatriation Council, the GRC is doing their best to get things running smoothly again post blip. There's a term again. You need to know those snapped and blipped, snapped and blipped, snapped and blipped. Then Lamar says they're reactivating uh, citizenship. They're, uh, you know, handling social security, health care, basically just managing resources for the refugees who were displaced by the return. In this episode, we get the commercial that basically explains it from another angle. So basically everything they said, but just from a different form of media almost, which I'm guessing is Marvel's way of saying remember the GRC because it's going to be a fixture going forward, just like shield, just like Hydra, just like sword, like all of that. You'll need to know what the GRC is because obviously probably every property going forward is said, you know, peripherally or somehow is going to have to deal with the effects of Thanos's snap and the effects of the Hulk's blip. So let's actually talk about the commercial. The narrator says, When half of us came back, it was time to rejoice and reunite. The Global Repatriation Council knows that for many, it wasn't that easy. Now, before we continue, keep in mind, in WandaVision, we got a glimpse via, uh, who was it, Director Hayward, you know, a.k.a. the white man who was Monica Rambeau's boss. He talked about the difficulty of life when all the others are gone and how uh, the people that came back are trying to live in a fairy tale and all this kind of stuff when all the people that remained didn't have that luxury. So the narrator commercial, he continues, so much was changed, but we're here to help you find your way, helping you back into your homes and jobs. Cause remember they lost all that shit, uh, helping you navigate changes to society laws and borders. Now another pause chat. Is it me? Or does this sound like all of us getting used to living during the damn global pandemic? 
one and the same. I'm just saying. I mean, we can't, all of us trying to uh, figure out our damn jobs. Uh, they they trying to figure out housing, but we trying to figure out how the hell to get out the house. It's all like one and the same. But I don't know. I feel like Marvel was playing games with that shit. But we we gonna let them slide. Anyway, he continues on helping you get back to the things the way things were. GRC, the Global Repatriation Council, reset, restore, rebuild. Now that I think about it, this commercial actually is probably setting the tone as like kind of a background as to why the Flag Smashers, who are our supposed villains on the show, are even a thing. We've been told basically explicitly that uh, they thought the world was a better place after my guy Thanos did what needed to be done, okay? So I feel like this episode is actually kind of putting them in a position where we're kind of sympathizing with them. I don't know. It's, it's, it's giving us them at a different angle. Keep in mind, Thanos, Thanos was such a great villain because even though what he was doing was evil, he made you kind of get why he was doing it. I mean, he, he thought he was helping the greater good, which most villains do, but he really, you know... His whole thing was we're overpopulated, we're overcrowded. You know, some people on these planets can't even afford to eat or can't even, uh, you know, grow the kind of uh, nutrients and foods and things that they need because there are just simply too many people. So him bleeping away, uh, snapping away half of the damn population in the universe was actually, you know, according to him, a good thing and shit. Quiet as kept according to me too, hell. I'm sick of y'all asses. The actual episode opens with fake-ass Captain America, a.k.a. Kurt Russell's son, a.k.a. Goldie Hawn's daughter. <laughs> John Walker goes into a safe house that I don't think is the one from last episode where the guy who was helping Harvard Carly and uh, all the other Flag Smashers hide from the authorities. And he's, you know, John Walker is kind of confronting people on the inside saying that I know you know where they are and yada, yada, yada. He keeps pressing this man, and this man spits in John Walker's face. Now, see, that's an automatic ass whooping. Don't, don't play with me. Play with your mammy, okay? John Walker hems this man up and says, do you know who I am? Child, now, see, that man says, yes, I do, and I don't care. I know that's the right shit. I don't give a damn either. <laughs> sir, sir, we don't give a fuck either. As him and Lamar are, you know, leaving out of the safe house, whatever you want to call it on a warehouse, safe house, whatever. Lamar is pretty direct with John saying that Carly is going to be really hard to find because, you know, she's giving displaced people everything they need, basically. Now, keyword, displaced people, because I'm sure there's even more of that now than like the normal homelessness that we, you know, see on a daily basis because a lot of people came back to no jobs, to no apartments, to no cars, Basically everything, their whole lives changed when they came back after the blip. So she's giving all these people shelter and food and all that kind of stuff is going to create loyalty. So these people are not eager to turn on her. They kind of feel defeated, John and Lamar, and they say that they need to kind of bet on somebody with a different with a better hand. So obviously they're referring to Sam and Bucky since they've been copying and stealing and following their asses all along. Funky punks. In Berlin, Sam and Bucky are at the prison where Zemo is being held. 
Bucky says that he needs to go in alone, alone because Sam is an Avenger. Now, keep in mind, Zemo's whole thing is that he hates super-powered individuals because they create as much harm as they do good, at least in his mind. See, remember, the events of Age of Ultron, the movie, it was the second Avengers movie, killed his entire family. They argue slightly, you know, just for a little bit, but ultimately he goes in alone. When he goes in to see Zemo, Zemo starts saying those trigger words that would normally turn Bucky into a killing machine, you know, obviously the Winter Soldier. Now, keep in mind, this is a direct call back to Captain America Civil War, where he did the exact same thing, but in reverse. He's the one that broke into the uh, the prison where Bucky was being held, and he actually said the words and turned him into the Winter Soldier and, you know, caused all types of hell. Bucky says, that doesn't work on me anymore. Now, this whole little scene, because, you know, Zemo is behind glass and uh Bucky's walking in you know they're, they're talking through the glass and one trying to convince the other one to work with him and stuff like that this feels just like silence of the lambs right is anybody else getting those vibes I don't know maybe I'm crazy they have like the standard kind of superhero slash villain talk and Bucky asks him about the super soldier serum Zemo is obviously you know he's like okay you're assuming Hydra did this which is why you came to me Next thing we know, Bucky is back outside with Sam and Sam reveals that Bucky wants to, you know, he he figures out that Bucky wants to break Zemo out of jail. Sam doesn't know what, you know, that the plan is already in the works. What Bucky did was once he left out of that corridor where Zemo was being held, he threw a random inmate a note that said that the guy you're playing chess with is going to kill you tonight, so make sure you kill him first. He did this because in that prison, there for every nine prisoners, there's only one guard, so there's a nine-to-one ratio. But if a fight jumps off, not to be confused with the jump off from Lil' Kim, hey, this is for my beeps. If a fight jumps off between two prisoners, four guards have to respond, so it's a two-to-one whenever there's a fight between the prisoners it increases in that same increment depending on how many people are fighting all hell breaks loose during this moment and you know everyone's fighting everything's going on so then a lockdown procedure initiates this is when zemo is actually able to make his escape go down the hall you know uh get a guard's uniform after whooping his ass triggers the fire alarm so that more chaos ensues Hide until they've all gone and, you know, you can actually, you know, they, they're going to respond to whatever is happening and then sneak out. It's at this moment that Zemo actually joins the two of them at a different location, you know, very much to Sam's dismay. He didn't know none of this shit was about to happen. Ultimately, after Bucky tells Sam, you know, you stuck your neck out for me once when Steve asked you. And he said, I'm asking you to do it again. Just stick your neck out for me. Believe in me again. And ultimately, Sam goes along with the plan. So now we got a little trio. They're not as good as Destiny's Child, but you know, they'll do. There's somewhere that obviously Zemo's family owns. There are a couple of cars and, you know, different things here. He's gathering up his things and we see him grab the iconic purple mask that obviously we know from the comic books. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm actually, I'm not sure about this, but I think this is the first time we've seen his character 
in this kind of comic book accurate costume. Like, I don't think in Civil War, you know, that was the only time he's been in the movies otherwise. I don't think he wore the purple mask at all during that movie. I might be wrong about that. Zemo tells them that their first stop is going to be a mid-level fence he calls Selby. We then see them, uh, they go get on a private jet. You know, you know. keep in mind, he's a, a whole baron out here. So, you know, he got money, shmoney, bunny. His name is Baron Helmut Zemo, okay? He's a whole aristocrat out here uh, setting off bombs and shit. See, you know, rich people get away with anything. I'm just saying. While on the plane, Zemo is throwing plenty of shade, first of all. <laughs> but he then pulls Bucky's list out of nowhere. And he asks about Nakajima. Bucky snaps and grabs him by the throat he says if you touch that book again that's your ass he didn't say that but you know what i mean see if you don't remember nakajima is the character uh from the first episode who he killed you know and he's been friends with his grandfather or his father actually uh for a while now and hasn't built up the courage to tell him that this he's the one that killed his son so Bada bing, bada boom, ba bam. Uh, he actually says, you know, I told he says you touch that book again. That's your ass. Zemo obviously knows that the list of people are people that have somehow been wronged by Bucky when he was a Winter Soldier. It's at this point he says, or Sam says, I recognize that book. It's Steve's. See, remember, Sam saw this book first when we met, uh, when him and Steve met in Captain America Winter Soldier. He told him, you know, to listen to Marvin Gaye, the Trouble Man soundtrack, and then Steve wrote it down. See, this is the first confirmation, actually, that we've gotten that Bucky has been writing in that same damn book. We all thought that it was just kind of like a, you know, a call back to, you know, both of them got different books they're writing in, you know, a way for them to reacclimate in the society. But actually, it's the very same book, and we find out based on that next conversation. I love this little exchange that all of them have on this plane about this soundtrack. Sam is like, you didn't like Trouble Man? Bucky's like, you know, I like 40s music, 1940s. Sam says, you don't like Marvin Gaye? Bucky's like, I liked it, you know. Then Zemo, uh, Socrates reading ass, talked about how amazing the album is and how it really captures the African-American experience. Bucky's like, I like Marvin Gaye, you know, but he said in a plain ass voice. <laughs> and so it's during this conversation that we kind of, we get some character building from Zemo because keep in mind, he's generally pretty anti-hero. When Sam brings up how much he uh, loved or how much Steve loved Marvin Gaye, Zemo goes into like this mini rant about the problem with figures like Captain America. Now, if we're thinking about this in real, you know, life terms, you can substitute Captain America with any huge celebrity that we put like on a really high pedestal. He says that the danger with people like Steve is that you put them on a pedestal. They become symbols. They become icons. And then we would start to forget about their flaws. See that you got to queue up uh, Beyonce flaws and all. I'm a train wreck in the morning. Don't mind me. Then he says, from there, cities fly and innocent people start to die. Movements are formed. Wars are fought. Look, child, one thing about Zemo, 
He gonna let y'all know that y'all killed his family, okay? <laughs> then Zemo actually asks a question that makes a lot of sense. Who wants to live in a world full of Red Skulls? Now, see, you know, Red Skull, obviously, if you... If you're more recent to the MCU, then you know Red Skull from Avengers Endgame, the guy who was on Vormir, the planet that uh, Scarlet Witch, not Scarlet Witch, uh, Scarlet Johansson, actually, <laughs> Black Widow and uh, Hawkeye, the planet that they were on to fight to die. Child. I don't know why the hell they were fighting about that, but they were fighting to die to see who get to jump off the bridge and, and die so that the other one can go home with the Soul Stone. That's Red Skull, but he also first appeared in uh, the Captain America movie. So nobody wants to live in a world filled with that damn man. This is also when we find out that in order for Zemo's plan to work, Bucky is going to have to pretend to be the Winter Soldier again. Because, listen, the Winter Soldier, their name rings bells, okay? We cut over to Latvia, where apparently that's where the Flag Smashers are located now. Carly is playing outside with the kids, like in this little quad area, and somebody calls her inside. She's told that someone apparently that she loves is not doing very well and that she should just go ahead and come inside. I guess this is kind of giving us a glimpse into like why Carly basically does what she does. You know, she's out there giving medicine to the sick. She's out there giving food to the hungry, giving shelter to the homeless, all this kind of stuff. And it kind of feels like she's supposed to be a much more complex, sympathetic villain, kind of in the same way that, honestly, Thanos is. I mean, Thanos is a titan-killing monster, but, I mean, we understood the guy. I mean, my damn. They get to Madripoor, head to a bar or the club or wherever the hell they're going. I love that little quick moment where Anthony Mackie, uh, a.k.a. Sam, I'm sorry. If I ever slip up and call him Anthony, you know why, hell. Sam is talking about how he's dressed in like a suit that appears to be, it's either made of like traditional, you know, it looks like traditional cultural textures or fabrics, maybe African, maybe Asian since uh, Madripoor is in like Southeast Asia. He says, I'm the only one who looks like a pimp and Zemo as brilliant as ever says only an American would assume a fashion forward black man Looks like a pimp. Well, child, there we fucking go. <laughs> Once again, we get some of the consciousness that exists in this show. The rest of the world, like, yay, black. America, boo, black. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm just playing, kind of. Okay. Sam uh, is supposed to be impersonating Conrad Mack, a.k.a. smiling character. Also, yes, you're right. That is a comic book reference. Smiling, uh, I'm not going to go into him too much, but Smiling Tiger is one of like the the random occurring villains that pops up throughout the uh, the Captain America series. Sometimes it feels like though this episode. I don't want to go into like my theories because I don't want to hype anybody up and then y'all get disappointed like we all did with WandaVision when uh we all of us were hyping y'all up that Mephisto was coming when them people had a whole damn song telling you who the villain was in episode seven. And we still talking about that ain't the real damn villain. So I'm not going to do that to y'all, but this episode, y'all know I'm the biggest X-Men and mutants fan on the planet. This episode felt like we got a couple of nods to a couple of different mutants and a couple of different characters that I think are going to be popping up in some future projects. 
I'm not going to go too deep off into that, but just know that Anthony Mackie was playing Smiling Tiger, and he had to convince some people of some shit, okay? They get picked up by a car, being escorted by a couple of motorcycles. Uh, a motorcade? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I use that correctly. I've only ever heard motorcade used with funerals, but we're just going to say a group of motorcycles. Mo- motorcade. How about that? We even see some graffiti that says Power Broker is watching, kind of like Big Brother, <laughs> setting up how kind of untouchable this character feels, at least in this moment, or at least as far as we've come on this show. Anyway, the club that they're going to is jumping, jumping, just like Destiny's Child said it would be. See, Beyonce don't lie. As they're walking in, you can hear the people whispering, is that the Winter Soldier or... Who is, oh, there he is, this, the Winter Soldier, you know, his reputation precedes him, obviously. They get to the bartender and ask to speak to Selby. The bartender then turns to Sam and asks if he wants his usual, because, of course, all of them think that he's the Smiling Tiger. When Anthony Mackie showed that picture earlier, Sam, shit, I got to stop doing that. When Sam showed that picture earlier, it did look just like him, so. And Sam, of course, nods, yes. Lord, that man goes and gets a damn snake and cuts open the insides and guts and gets the damn, he, he, he cuts it open. And I don't know if he put like some kind of venom from the snake in this shot glass or just, I don't know. I don't know what it was. And I can't really postulate too much about what the hell it is. So just know that I won't be having one when coronavirus is over. You better than me, Sam. That shit, you know what? It actually reminded me, y'all remember in Charlie's Angels, the movie, when he had the, uh, you know, they were telling him how dangerous that uh, raw sushi that he was about to eat was, and he puts it in his mouth anyway because, you know, he ain't no punk bitch. That's what it reminded me of, don't, you know, my mind is random. Anyway, they get threatened by some random man, and once somebody tries to attack, Bucky starts whooping ass. And, of course, they then get back there because ain't nobody trying to get beat the fuck up by the Winter Soldier. Just saying. (laughs) The Winter Soldier boy. You! They walk back there to where Miss Selby is, and we find out that she got that little Ellen DeGeneres haircut. (laughs) You know that little pixie cut that Ellen be rocking sometimes. I am DeGeneres Queen, asks Miss Ellen. No, for real. Okay. We find out that she got that little haircut that Tyra Banks used, you know, when she get a contestant on America's Next Top Model, and she said, I want y'all to look a little more high fashion, you know, I want you to look a little Vogue, you know, Harper's Bazaar, Marie Claire, W, you know, no, for real. Okay, let me quit playing. He says, talking to this woman, Selby, he says, you know why I'm here, and she asks, what's the offer? Zemo says, Tell us what you know about the super soldier serum and I'll give you the winter soldier along with the trigger words that'll, you know, make them do anything you want. She tells him the serums are being made right here in Madripoor and that you can thank a Dr. Wilford Nagel. Now, for those that are curious, yes, this character does come from the comics, but he ain't that damn important, okay? (laughs) He's the scientist that made the super soldier serum, at least in the comic books, during the Isaiah Bradley years. So basically during the years when uh, the American government was experimenting on black folk in the army, just saying. 
I think I mentioned this last week, but in case I didn't, y'all need to get your, you know, I used to tell y'all all the time during WandaVision, get your Marvel Unlimited subscription so y'all can read y'all some comic books. Read, there's a book, a comic book called Truth, Red, White, and Black. I think it's only maybe, I don't know how many, I don't know how many books it is in there. It's not a long read though. But it's like the Isaiah Bradley miniseries, basically. It slaps, okay? It slaps. Get into it. Anyway, Sam gets a call from his sister. You know, his phone starts vibrating, and they make him answer the phone. And I'm just finding out that lady's name is Sarah. I don't know if I wasn't paying attention enough during uh, the first two episodes or what, but Sarah calls. Child, Sam and Sarah, you know what? Sarah ruined every damn thing, calling that man Sam instead of Smiling Tiger or Conrad Mack or whatever the hell you want to call him. Ellen DeGeneres said, kill him! And they asses get sniped immediately. Well, her ass do. <laughs> as they're leaving out of there, you know, they they uh walking fast as hell and they got this damn lady killed. They get a bounty on their head immediately for killing Selby. Folks start shooting at him and everything, but once again, this same mystery sniper is there to help. A little guardian, a little piece of guardian angel. And then we find out that the mystery sniper is, of course, Sharon Carter. Yes, come on through, Sharon. You know, black folk, we, we ain't gonna call it Sharon. That's Sharon. Come on, Sharon. You know, uh, you know, Sharon, you go help, go make Aunt Sharon a plate. She ain't, you know, she got the sugar, baby. She can't walk no damn more. You help her out, baby. Just, you know, give her a, a little piece of, you know, don't put too many ribs on her. Just give her one piece of rib, a little coleslaw. Okay, let me stop. Sharon is ready at this point to kill Zemo because of how he basically ruined her life. Keep in mind, Sharon has been on the run this entire time because, you know, during uh Captain America Civil War no, yeah Civil War she got Captain his shield back after he was arrested and she got Sam his wings back after he was arrested too you know they didn't sign the Sokovia Accords and you know they you know Black Panther were chasing them down the highway they were chasing Bucky and you know it was a whole mess they got pardoned though but she didn't so the Avengers once again were fine she was not see this has been kind of a recurring thing that we see within the MCU now, at least at how other people sometimes view heroes. Once again, we just heard that the Avengers were fine and she wasn't. This is just like all of the people who like who have been killed in like, you know, some kind of tragic accident when the Avengers were trying to help them, but somehow got killed. Like when Wanda blew up that uh, building in Sokovia, you know, it's always kind of like, the Avengers are going to go back and live their lives, but the people who were affected have no choice. Just keep that in mind. Cause I feel like it comes up a whole lot on these shows. Sam tried to say, you know, I was on the run too, but then she hit him with that. You were on the run. I am on the run. Big difference. I know that's right. Poor Sharon. She didn't even get to speak to her family anymore because she's a wanted criminal. Hell, the only reason she's in Madripoor in the first place is because they don't have extradition. They go to Sharon's place, which is in another area of the city, and they find out that Sarah is like some kind of big time underground painting seller, but not fake paintings, not fake paintings like the real deal. Like she has like Monet's and Picasso's and all kind of shit. 
This is when I find out, me personally, that most of the artwork in places like the Louvre and the Met are fake. Did y'all know this? I have been waiting to go to the Louvre for so long because I want to do the Beyonce and Jay-Z tour. Remember, they shot the ape shit video in the Louvre, boss shit, and the Louvre offers tours that you can do because of that. But now I don't want to go knowing that all this shit fake. I don't want to pay all that money and then look at some damn knockoffs. If I want to look at knockoffs, I'd stay around here and look at all these cheap ass, fake ass shoes that people are walking around in and purses they carry in it. Like, how, why are you getting fake Michael Kors purses? Michael Kors is not that damn big of a deal, but you get knockoff that, you know what? Let me stop. Memphis, I love y'all. Do better. <laughs> she takes them upstairs to her apartment and her and Sam have kind of a brief conversation about why she can't come back to the United States and why she thinks Sam knows how much hypocrisy is in the superhero life since he gave up the shield. They start listening. They be getting Sam's ass together about that damn shield. <laughs> they so mad at that man for giving up that damn shield. They don't know what to do. Zemo said, yeah, he know him. <laughs> and then she asks, you know, how's the new Captain America? And Bucky says, don't even get me started. She like, oh, hell no. Go ahead and start because you believe in all that good bullshit, okay? Listen, I'm going to have to do a much longer, like, video now that we've gotten halfway through the season, because you know it's only six episodes, and I'm gonna do, I'm gonna have to do a bigger discussion about race in this show because it's such a good topic. It, it's so like they bring it in like really small or really big, like it's either overt or covert, both of them. But it's a lot of different ways to talk about it. And I, this little exchange alone offered a whole lot, even though it doesn't seem like it, but it offered a lot in terms of discussing race in America, its history and how it is currently everything. So y'all just keep checking the Instagram account at housewives, Marvel podcast. And I'm, I'm going to drop a video soon, either this week or hell, maybe even this weekend. If I get bored enough, I want to sleep all weekend, but that's not y'all's problem. Okay. Sam shifts the conversation back to Carly Montague. And he lets her know that they're looking for a naggle. Perfect Dr. Nagel or whatever his name is. She says he's working for the power broker. This is when, after a little back and forth, they end up striking up a deal. Sam says, you help us out and I'll get your name cleared, child. Since she says she doesn't take charity. Now, hmm, I have some thoughts about this, okay? <laughs> but let me throw it to one of my favorite listeners, JV from Chicago, because he had some similar thoughts, some similar thoughts on this particular scene. Hey, it's JV from Chicago, and I just got done watching Falcon and Winter Soldier. And is it just me? Or was Sharon really saying, like, listen, black man, of all people, you are the Avenger with the least amount of power to give me a pardon? Or was it just me that I was thinking that? Because low-key, it's true. And we all know why. And I also love how jaded Sharon came on with this show. Like, I sat here and tried to help y'all save the world. And it made me an enemy of the state. So you know what? I'm going to turn over to my life of crime because 
Mama got bills to pay. Somebody gonna have to pay for my highlights. So, um, yeah, this is my new life, y'all. I freaking loved it. He said that lady got to pay for her highlights. You know what? <laughs> y'all are some whole fools when y'all send me these damn voice messages. <laughs> they head to a club where Zemo is basically throwing that ass in a circle, <laughs> just like we used to in the club before coronavirus brought her raggedy ass around here. Zemo was in there percolating and everything. It's time for the percolator. It's time for the percolator. I can't never make that sound. All right. Anyway. Sharon gets the info that she's looking for, and the next morning, they go, like, to the docks of the city or whatever, and they see these big crates or these big containers. Remember, like, season two of The Wire, where, like, the whole season was about uh, them using the dock to humans, you know, traffic and all that kind of stuff? No, just me? Okay. She leased them to container 4261. Now, look, I'm not one of them people that's, like, go, go looking through... uh old comic books and shit to see the numbers and see what line up and all like that. Ah, ah, not doing it. So if you're expecting that, your mama. They uh, initially thought that the container was empty, but there's a trick door at the end that they can end up going through. They go down to this man's lab and he's in there making super soldier serums and tussie rolling and pop lock and dropping it to whatever the hell he got playing on a damn old ass record player in 2021. Well, actually, you know what? It's not even 2021. It's like 2024 this time. So you really out of luck, bro. They're inside confronting him while Sharon is outside whooping ass. I mean, whooping ass and taking names. That lady fighting half of uh, Southeast Asia while them motherfuckers in there questioning that damn skinny ass man. Now, what that man, you know what? Go out, Somebody go out there and help Sharon, but actually... Sharon didn't need no damn help because she whooped all their asses. He's in there basically telling them his backstory with the super soldier serum, saying how he's the first since Erskine, who y'all know, you know, that was Stanley Tucci from the first Captain America movie, to recreate the formula. He says he ended up getting dusted, you know, Dano Snap, before he could finish everything. But when he came back, Hulk blip. Power Broke was like, uh-uh, go ahead, finish, sir. Finish, sir. I'll cover the cost. No big deal. I got you. He did. And, of course, Carly Montague stole all of his shit. But he said that he gave him some good information. He said that a few days ago she called him talking about some woman named Danya is really sick with uh, TB, tuberculosis, and but he wasn't willing to help her. So we kind of now have a little clue as to actually where she is. After Sharon finishes whooping ass, all of the ass, she runs in to tell them that they're running out of time. That's when Zemo shoots the damn little scientist man and flees. The rest of them go outside and it's a hilarious shootout where neither one of them is paying attention to the other one and barely, barely helping each other out. We see Zemo put on the, the purple mask, iconic, and blow up one of the pipes that uh, some of the guys are surrounding so the whole gang can escape because that shit blew all the hell. Zemo, after the getaway, steals a car out of one of those big containers, and he's basically the getaway driver. Sharon doesn't go, but she tells Sam to, you know, get that pardon for her. We see 
what I love the most. We see this hilarious little callback moment when Sam is in the back seat, you know, Zemo's driving, Bucky's in the, the passenger seat, and then Sam is in the back seat behind Bucky. He gets in the back seat and he's like, you're not going to move your seat up, are you? And Bucky says, no. <laughs> this is obviously a callback to Captain America Civil War where Sam was in the front seat and Bucky was being crushed in the back seat. And he asked him, could you move your seat forward? And Sam's like, no. So Bucky had to move to the middle of the damn car. This is where we first kind of started to see that uh, Captain America's, you know, his, his two best friends had this great little dynamic, a little foreshadowing, I feel like, for this show. We should have always known this was going to happen. So, uh, someone picks Sharon up and she gets in the back seat. So she being chauffeured. <laughs> she, the, see, this is like, this gives me major, major, major villain vibes. But maybe I'm reading too much into that. I don't know. I was thinking like, damn, is is Sharon a power broker? But then also I'm like, okay, maybe that underground art museum that she's running gives her enough clout to where like, you know, she can have a driver pick her up from all these shady locations or something. Or maybe she's just working for the power broker. I don't know. It's a lot of different options. We got to see where that's going. But that that's a... Huh. That's a lot, and I really kind of need to know, like, right now, what the hell Sharon doing. Because, Sharon, if you can go on over to the dark side, I'm a, that, that's abysmal. I'm just so upset. I'll get over it, but damn, Sharon. We get a quick cut back to Carly, where her and her henchmen are talking about everything from, you know, uh, other professions that they would have had, you know, had this, had the, uh, the snap and the blip not occurred. Uh, talking about, like, how life hard was after the snap, all kinds of stuff. Then we cut directly to Lamar and John, and they're actually at the same prison that Sam and Bucky were at earlier, you know, Zemo's prison, and are assuming that they're the ones that helped Zemo escape out of jail. Their conversation gives us a little more into the development of John Walker's character from the comic books, where he is way more, you know, open to doing dishonest and illegal things and a lot more unhinged than we even give him credit for. Apparently, shit, so is Battlestar because he's going right along with all the shit. So, Battlestar, you ain't innocent either, bitch. Back on the plane, Sam has Torres over the phone, of course, looking for Danya. You know, Danya is a name that the scientists gave them earlier that uh, he said that Carly was looking for, was looking after with the TB. Sam starts venting then once he gets Torres off the phone, basically kind of word vomiting his emotions. He talks about, you know, how he should have helped Sharon after all these years or Sharon. He talks about uh, how the scientists, when he was talking about all those damn experiments he was doing on people, he couldn't even say Isaiah's name. He says something else like uh, the subjects or something, something evil and stupid like that. Again, I got to talk about race on a deeper level at some point. I think I'm going to actually maybe reread uh, Truth, Red, White and Black this weekend on Marvel Unlimited. And then uh, I think I'm going to put together a video. I'm going to rewatch these first three episodes, take my little notes. I'm going to put something together for y'all. So be checking the Instagram account. Uh, he also talks about how he should have maybe instead of giving the shield away, he should have broken the damn shield. Now, look, I don't know how he planned to do that shit since it was made out of vibranium. But go off, sis. Do what you do, sis. After he's done word vomiting, Torres calls him right back and he relays the message that 
the woman, uh, is it Danya? Danya is actually dead. Zemo says, you know what? Since y'all know where she is, I have a nice place there, or I know a place we can go there and uh, near where she died. And he's actually says he's looking forward to coming face to face with Carly Montague. Now, see, right then, they cut back to Carly's crazy ass. She didn't set some damn explosives and stuff off, and she didn't even let some of the people come out of the building. People are still in there, and she's blown up this entire building. She says that death and bombings and all this kind of stuff are the only leverage that people understand. See, Carly ain't playing with y'all ass. Carly Red might be playing with y'all ass, but Carly Montague, she ain't playing with y'all ass. They take the stuff they need. I'm guessing it's, you know, the same kind of stuff they redistribute like Robin Hood. And then they leave. We're now in Latvia and the guys are walking around and Z, you know, Zemo is of course doing all some of his highbrow talking that he does, asking if they've seen the memorial, you know, all this kind of stuff, guilt tripping. And when they get to the actual location, we kind of see Bucky not really focusing. He's looking down and he's noticing stuff. And, you know, he says that, you know what, I'm going to go for a walk. He then turns around and when they go into the building, he picks up something that us diehard Marvel fans should have recognized immediately, which was this little gray bead with some inscriptions on it. And it looks familiar like it belonged in a certain Marvel movie. He goes somewhere like down kind of an alley and he sees another one implanted in the wall. Obviously someone is leaving a trail for him. He gets to where it's leading him to and he shouts out, you dropped something. Then in the middle of the alleyway, after he's all turned around, appears a woman. From the Dora Milaje, a.k.a. the all-female Wakandan Special Forces team. Now, see, I shouldn't know her name, but when you kind of a super fan, an annoying-ass super fan like me, then you know that's Ayo. Ayo. Ayo, Ma, how you doing? That's Ayo. She appeared, she's appeared in quite a few Marvel movies. So, like, we've seen her, obviously, in Black Panther, fighting alongside Okoye and all of them. But we first met her, I think, in Captain America Civil War. Remember, when uh, T'Challa was coming out of the building to leave, he had a security guard with him who was her. And she was the one that walked up on the, uh, Black Widow because Black Widow was just standing there. She was like, uh, move or be moved. And he was like, as much as I love to see that, uh, you know, there's no call for it, you know, all that kind of stuff, yada, yada, yada. Instead of telling you guys how loud I screamed at this moment because, you know, we we love us some Wakandans. Anytime they pop up on the scene, oh, bitch, we happy. Instead of me telling y'all my reaction, let me actually cut to one of my favorite listeners and followers from Instagram. Hey, Kennedy and the uh, me 
you housewives and Marvel 2 podcast audience. My name is at OGX Smartass on Instagram. I don't know y'all, so you're not getting my real name or whatever. But um, I just have one comment for this week's episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, una momento, por favor. <clears throat> Thank you. Yes. You better sound like the Dora Malaysia. I know that's right. I was up here making sounds and shit too. I had my spear in my hand. Well, I ain't really got no spear, but I had my broom in my hand. My damn dog was scared as hell. But I, I was in the Dora Malaysia too. I felt that shit. Let me actually, before I get out of here, let me throw it to another one of my favorite followers, Miss Nina from Book Brooklyn, who is going to voice a little more of our excitement that we had for this moment. This is Miss Nina from Brooklyn, New York. I just finished watching the latest episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and I only have one word. Ye Bombay! Oh my God. Like, I did not see that ending coming, but I'm so glad it did. Lord, I need it to be next Friday, like right now. Ye Bombay! Ye Bombay! Ye Bombay! See? I was right with her. I was I was hooping and hollering. I you look, we love some Wakanda, okay? I want Disney to drop the next episode like right now. I can't wait until next Friday. I got to see one. See, I got a little theory. I think Bucky, I think he got him a little Wakandan girlfriend. I think that they just don't want to tell us that he got a little Wakandan girlfriend. I don't know. I want to see what's going on. Maybe Ayo is his woman. I don't know. I'm just I'm just hypothesizing because I'm so excited. I'm ready to see what's crack a lacking. I don't know. I'm re- I listen. My level of excitement. I'm sh- shaking right now. Okay. Let me let me get out of here and sit in the bathtub like y'all be doing. I don't like to sit in no damn tub. I'm just playing. Maybe I go get a ball bag. I don't know. But who do like I said? Go get y'all Marvel Unlimited subscription and catch up on the comics. As always, thanks for listening. Want to support me for free? Just head on over to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Podchaser or CastBox and leave me a five-star rating and review. Need to contact me? Just email me, housewivesmarvelpodcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram for hilarious memes and all kinds of updates regarding the podcast. That's at Housewives Marvel Podcast. This is Kendrick, and I'll see ya! I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.